and welcome to True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. Thanks for joining us for this lesson in our series, Who I Am, where we'll be studying the book of John and where we see that John is writing these things to everyone so they might believe and that in believing they might have life. In this awesome book where John presents the Messiah Jesus as God, we'll see lots of key truths and great application that we can apply to our own life. Well, thanks again for joining us. We hope that you enjoy this lesson. Turn your Bibles to John, John chapter 1. If you guys remember, we're going through the book of John, and our uh, our theme is who I am. Um, that's kind of what we've called the series overall as we look at who Jesus is in order that, as we saw week one, in order that all might believe in him for eternal life. And so today, we're just still in the prologue, which I don't know how to spell prologue. The other day I spelled it wrong, uh, but I think I'm saying it right. Prologue. We're still in the prologue, which is in like the first 18 verses. And we're going to finish that out today, and then next week we're going to kind of start in more of the narrative, which is like talking about what's going on. So that'll be exciting. I'm excited for that. But today we're going to look at John versus Jesus, and this is not like Captain America versus Iron Man or anything like that. What it is is it's a comparison because John goes in and he compares John and Jesus. John the Baptist and Jesus, not John the author and Jesus. So it might be a little confusing today because we have two Johns. John the Baptist can also be JTB. So if you hear me say JTB, that's John the Baptist. Okay, uh, And John the author is the one who's writing this. And today, so what we're going to see... Um, we're going to see some differences in these two, which is important because one of the biggest uh, fallacies or heresies out there, well, let me ask you this. What do you think the biggest not truth or some of the biggest not truths about Jesus is that are out there? He's not real. He's not real. Okay, so he never existed. He didn't die. He didn't die. He wasn't the Christ. He wasn't the Christ, the Messiah. He's not eternal. He's not eternal. That's exactly right. And then, and week one, or week two, we dealt with some of these things. And this week, we're going to deal with some as well. And I think that Jesus is not eternal, that He's not the Messiah, that He's not God. And they all tie into this one thing that a bunch of false gospels, I guess you could say, say. And that is that Jesus was a prophet. Jesus was a prophet, or He's a good man. And the cool thing is, John, as he's starting this thing, he... He shows the difference in John the Baptist, JTB, the, the ultimate prophet in Jesus, and how Jesus is not John and John is not Jesus. And so, in a way, he's showing that Jesus again, and he says it as well, but he's showing again that Jesus is God. And uh, we should be, I was thinking about it this week, we should be rejoicing and we should be thankful that Jesus is God and that he's a God of grace. Um, and so, as we go through this, we'll just keep that in our mind, in the back of our mind. So, let's read. Verses 6, we're going to read 6 through 18, so it's a big chunk that we're going to read here. Uh, but then we'll go back through each little section. Okay, so this is John chapter 1, verse 6. It says, There came a man sent from John, or sorry, sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was a true light, which came into, which coming in the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came into his own, and uh, to those who did not receive him. But as many as did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believed in his name, 
who were born not of blood or of the will of flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw His glory as glory, the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John, the Baptist, testified about Him and cried out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me has come before me, for He existed before me. For His fullness we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has explained Him. Alright, let's pray real quick and then we'll start. Dear God, we just come before You and thank You for this time You've given to us. And uh, I just pray that You give me the words to say and be Your words and not mine. Give us wisdom as we look at this Scripture, God. And I pray that we would be thankful and grateful to You for who You are. And that You are willing to, even though who You are is God, that You are willing to come down and die and rise again just for us so we could... Have eternal life, God, so I pray that we remember that and be grateful for that. And I pray we renew our minds and realize who you are um, every day in our life. And we pray all this through Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, <clears throat> so let's see if this works here. There's these two identical twins, okay? Their names were Brianna and Brittany, okay? Which you have identical twins and you name them Brianna and Brittany. Okay, so they're 35 years old and this is recent and they just married two identical twins named Josh and Jeremy. Okay, so obviously you can tell who the brides and grooms are in this. But they had this big wedding and everything, and what they did was they invited all their twins, twin friends and twin families, which twins run in families, so they had a lot of twins in their families. So this is a picture of all the people at their wedding who are twins. Okay, it's crazy. And so they all wore the same thing, so they all look the same. And it's kind of funny, uh, and it was, I'm sure, a really unique wedding in general. Uh, but I just thought it was a really cool story because these two are twins and they marry twins and they have all these twins come their way and it looked really cool. And sometimes we get twins mixed up, especially identical twins. Sometimes we get brothers and sisters mixed up or just brothers and brothers or whatever uh, because they kind of look the same or they talk the same or they act the same uh, and we can't really tell them apart. Well, in Jesus' day, okay, some people had a hard time distinguishing between Jesus and JTB, John the Baptist. Okay, Not because they looked the same necessarily. I don't know if they did. They were cousins. Um, I don't think they did, but because of their message, okay, because of their message, uh, their messages were obviously similar because JTB's message was the one who is preparing the way for the Messiah, and Jesus was the Messiah. So John was even asked, hey, are you the Messiah? And we'll see this later on, actually next week, I think, uh, but he says, no, I'm not. Uh, so people had this thought that maybe John the Baptist is the Messiah. And then people then and today say, Jesus, maybe he was a prophet. But that's reversed. John is a prophet. Jesus is the God, the Messiah. Okay, and so today we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the distinguishing differences between the two that John lists here. We're going to look at one thing that is the same about both of them. Uh, and it's a little bit later on in here. But today we're going to realize that John the Baptist was a man. And he was a man who paved the way for the Messiah. And Jesus is the Messiah. Okay, which is a very important thing to always know, always remember. Um, especially, like I said, because many people, uh, false, many false religions, I guess you could say, say that Jesus is the prophet or a prophet or he's not God, he's not eternal, he's not the Messiah. So we need to realize this and look at it. And John, as he's getting ready to explain this whole book and show this whole book of who Jesus is, he wants to make sure that we realize that John the Baptist and Jesus are not the same. 
they're very different. So the first thing we're going to look at is God versus man. We talked about this last week a lot, but he says it again, so we're going to look at it again. We see the difference in John the Baptist and Jesus is God and man. We see this in verses 6, 14, 15, and 18. So I'm going to read those real quick. You guys can follow along with me. Verse 6 says, There came a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, that's John's intro, right, into the, into the scene. Okay, look at verse 14. This is Jesus' intro into the scene. And the Word, who's Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the difference in those two verses is there was a man who was sent from God, and there was a Word who is eternal, which we already looked at, who became flesh. So there's a difference there. The difference is God and man. Look at John 15, or 1 for 15. It says, John the Baptist testified, testified about him the Word and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me, and yours might say has a higher rank than, than me, uh, or it might say something else, for he existed before me. Okay, the Greek reads, The one who comes after me came before me. That's literally what it says. The one who came after me came before me. So people put in there, they say, well, that must mean he has a higher rank than me. I like the original, though, because he's being very simple. John the Baptist is being very simple. And he says, the one who came after me, what did Jesus, we talked about this last week a little bit, see if you guys remember, what did Jesus come after John in? In birth first, right? They're cousins, six months apart. John's older. As a man came into the world after John, right? Yeah. And in ministry, right? Who started their ministry first? John, right? We get that not only from the Bible, but also from the chosen, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Chosen just follows the Bible. Um, so he came after, Jesus came after John in some things, but he came before John in what? existence right he he has always existed that's why in verse 14 it doesn't say a man came into the world and dwelt among us a man was sent it says the word became flesh the word which always was just became flesh so in existence he's always been before for and that's what it says at the verse in the verse 15 for he existed before me okay this is all pointing to the fact that jesus is god and john First five verses, we saw that he's God a lot, right? And then the next, all the way to verse 18, we see that he's God a lot. And this is a theme throughout the whole book. So you guys are going to get tired of hearing me say, Jesus is God. Because, I mean, it's over and over and over again in the book of John. Jesus is God. Okay, even if you go down to verse 18, which also says this. It says, no one has seen God at any time, the only begotten who is in the bosom. Okay, that's Jesus, the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained it. He's saying Jesus was always with God. He's had that perfect unity with God from the beginning of time. Um, he's eternal, and he's always been with God. No one's ever seen God the Father, okay? But we've, we've seen God through Jesus. Jesus explained him, okay? So Jesus is God, and JTB, he's just a man. He's just a man who paves the way. So that's the first distinction that we want to make. The second one is Messiah versus prophet. Okay, I'm going to read verses 6 through 9 here, and then I'm going to reference verse 15 as well. Uh, verse 15 is almost the theme for this little section. We're going to look at it throughout the whole thing. Okay, but verse 6 through 9 says, There came a man, and this is JTB, sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that 
all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. And so, John was a, test, a testifier, a witness for this light that's capitalized. Who is who's the light? Jesus. Jesus is the light. Because it says there's a man uh, that was not the light. Okay, but there is a true light. Okay, so there's several things when I think of this, uh, this idea about like witness or testimony or whatever. Um, one is, I couldn't find any good examples of it really. But I know that there are, you know those proclaimers, okay? In, back in the olden days, they had the proclaimers that would go before the king. That would say, here's the king, the king is here, blah, 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 you know, whatever, whatever. His royal majesty, blah, 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 blah. And they would go through and they proclaim the king. That's a forerunner. That's what John is. Okay, another thing I thought of, okay, is geese, okay? Uh, now, Canadian geese especially, okay, they fly in what pattern? A V, a V, okay? It's kind of like a triangle if you made a back line, right? But it's a V, okay? And there's one goose that goes out in front of all the rest. And the reason they do this is that leader breaks the wind, for the rest of the geese, so that it's easier for them to fly, and he makes the way so that the others have less drag, and allows them to fly further, and it allows them to fly faster, and it allows them to do better overall. So basically, the leader of the geese paves the way for the rest of the geese. And when I think of John the Baptist, he paved the way. He's the way paver. It kind of sounds funny, but he's the way paver for Jesus, right? He came first in ministry, in birth. Jesus came after in those things because he was showing the way, because he's a prophet. And he's the prophet, right? Or, well, not the prophet. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, but he is a prophet, one of the greatest of all time prophets, as Jesus says later on. And so he's a prophet paving the way for the Christ. So let's look at these verses again. Uh, 6 through 9. Okay, there came the man he sent from John, or sent from God. His name was John. Okay, so this is John's purpose right here. He came as a witness. Okay, so he is a witness in order that or to testify about the light in order that all might believe through him. Okay, so verse 7 is really interesting because there's these two things. They're called uh, in Greek henna clauses. Okay, it just means like in order that. Okay, in order that. And so when you see uh, in order that or a henna clause, it means that there's like a purpose or a result or something. So it's like, I went to church in order that I could fellowship with other believers. Okay, There's like, you know, the, pur- the result there or the purpose of me going. So this one has two of them, so it shows us a purpose and a result. So he came as a witness. The first one is the, the word to there. That's Hannah. Okay, So in order that or to testify about the light. So his purpose in coming, his purpose in being sent by God, verse 6, is to what? Testify. It's to testify. It's to be a witness. It's to testify about who? Jesus, Jesus the light, right? So his goal, his purpose, his mindset is to testify about the light. Okay? Now the next uh, hint of clause is the so. So it says, in order that, so that all might believe through him. Who's the him there? Jesus. Well, you know, in context, it really looks like John, right? But it could be, the, the light could be him, right? It could be John. Uh, but either way, it's saying the same thing. Because uh, it's not saying that we need to believe in John the Baptist. 
because I would go against John the Baptist's own message. If you believe John the Baptist's message, what was his message? Jesus is the Messiah, right? So it it really actually doesn't matter. Because if you're believing John, John says, I am not the light. Who is the light? The one coming after me. Whose sandals I'm not worthy to tie. You guys all remember that, and we'll talk about that later. So he's saying, hey, Jesus the Messiah is coming after me. That's my message. And the goal of the message is that people would what? Believe. Believe. Yes, believe in Jesus, right? That's the ultimate goal, is that people would believe in Jesus and have eternal life. That's the goal of John the Baptist's message. That goes on to say that John was not the light. Okay, And we're going to see this week and next week very emphatic. John, the author, the person writing this, is very emphatic that JTB, John the Baptist, is not the light, is not the Messiah, is not Jesus. He says it several times. He says several times he's not the light here, but then later on, John the Baptist is recorded making a statement and we'll look at it next week, but it's like super emphatic. I am not the Christ. Okay, so John uh, is definitely making a distinction here between John the Baptist, a prophet, and Jesus, the God. Okay, and so it says he was not the light. He came to testify about the light. Then it gives us a little bit about Jesus, right? There was the what? The true light. Okay, there was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. Okay. Uh, back on eight actually real quick before you go before we move on. I this verse is Isaiah forty three. We're gonna look at this more again next week because uh, John's actually going to quote it. But this is Isaiah forty three. This is actually what who John says he is when somebody asks who he is. It says voice crying in the wilderness, clear the way for Yahweh, make a highway smooth in the desert for our God. So he's creating he's the way paver. He's making a highway. Uh, he is the voice crying in the wilderness, make a way because Jesus is coming, or Yahweh is coming. Okay, So that's who John is. And then Jesus is the true light. He's the Messiah who gives light to every man coming into the world. I really like this verse, okay, because a lot of people say, and we'll look at this a lot through John, because John is very adamant about this point as well. But a lot of people say that Jesus... They say, maybe not in their words, but in their meaning, they say that Jesus does not give the light to every man. Or he, he, doesn't, he didn't die for every man. Or they say that, well, you know, only certain people you know, are the ones that Jesus died for, are the ones that can believe, are able to believe, or there's only a select few who are allowed into uh, the family of God because God chose them. Well, this verse right here even... Okay, there's a lot more blatant ones that we'll see later on. But this, even this verse right here, it says that Jesus is the light. Okay, it says that the light, well, who is Jesus? Uh, he's coming into the world and he enlightens every man. He gives light to every man. He's the way, the truth, and the life for every man. And John is very emphatic about this throughout the whole book. So it's another theme that you guys need to be uh, looking for and thinking about because he doesn't come into the world to enlighten his elect or come into the world to enlighten the people that do good, or come into the world to enlighten who he thinks should be with him, or come into the world to enlighten those he has a special love for, which I've heard preachers say. He comes into the world to enlighten every man, give light to every man. Okay, and so, and earlier in verse, let me look, five, in verse five of John chapter one, we looked at this a couple weeks ago, or last week, but the light shines or is shining, that's present tense, 
Jesus Christ, His light is still shining for every man to see. Okay? And he wants, He's not willing that any should perish, right? Second Peter. Uh, and so, He came to the world for all men. Okay? For all men. The next thing we're going to look at, okay, so we've seen, we've seen the differences so far. Jesus is God, and Jesus is a Messiah. John is a man, and he's a prophet. This next one is not a distinction between the two. It's, it's the same for both of them. Okay, neither one of them was accepted. Now we see this specifically about Jesus in this passage, and I would argue that the reason we see it about John in this passage is because John was the forerunner for Jesus, and he was giving the message about Jesus. Therefore, if you deny Jesus, you're denying the one who is paving the way for him as well. So, um, look at verse 10 here. It says, He, okay, now this is going back to the light. So, He, the light, was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. He came into His own, and those who were His own did not receive Him. So, there's two groups here. Um, that John talks about, John the author talks about, that the light came to. Okay? The light came to. First one is the world. Okay, The world, it says in verse 10, He was in the world. Okay, This is like verse 14, when He says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is Jesus, the eternal God, becoming flesh. He came into the world, even though He always existed. And so He comes into the world, even though the world was made through Him. He's the creator of it. He came into it, and then the world did not know him. Okay, the world did not know him. We understand that. We got. We know that. Okay, Jesus came into the world, and the world didn't even know who he was. Right? They didn't. Even, they didn't even recognize him really as anything. Um, and eventually, he got crucified by the Jews, but the world let it happen. Right? And so he comes to the world. The world doesn't know him at all because the world is darkness. Um, and he came I like this verse because uh, like he didn't just come for the Jews like I like that he threw this like John threw this in there because it like goes with John 3.16 right for God so loved the Jews for God so loved the world now he came to the whole world okay he came to the whole world and he came for everybody because he wants everybody to believe because he's not willing that anyone should perish okay but he came through the Jews Okay, and it's the Jews' job, and it's the Jews, we talk about, a lot about this in Ephesians, but it's the Jews' job to be the light, to show the whole world who Jesus the Messiah is, right? So if Jesus is going to come into the world, He would naturally come through His people that are supposed to be the light for Him, and then the whole world should know Him because the Jews accepted Him. We find the exact opposite happens. First we see the world doesn't know Him. Why doesn't the world know Him? Well, look at verse 11. Okay, This is Israel. Okay, Verse 11. He came into His own. Who is His own people? The Jews, right? So He came into His own. And those who were His own did not what? Receive Him. Okay, so this people who are His own, who He's supposed to come through, who are supposed to be the light to the world, did not receive Him. They didn't accept Him. Jesus was not accepted. Uh, by his own people. He wasn't accepted by Israel. Okay, And so, even though Jesus came into the world and the world didn't know him and uh, his people didn't accept him and they crucified him and he died and he rose again and all that, um, even, even though he didn't do that, we're going to see in a second, there's still some good news because uh, he talks about the individual people. Um, but we don't know. This, this is kind of interesting because like, 
We don't know what would have happened like if the Jews would have accepted him, right? Like, so what would have happened if if Jesus did come and the Jews proclaimed him as king, you know, and then the whole world saw that he was king? I mean, he still would have had to die, right? I think because he has to die to pay for the sins of the world. So they would have maybe had to kill him in belief rather than unbelief. We don't know exactly how that would work. Uh, but it didn't happen that way. And God knew it wouldn't happen that way. And so he sends Jesus to a world that doesn't know him, doesn't understand him. They still don't understand him. And then he sends him to through his people. They don't accept him and they kill him. Okay. So neither one of them were accepted. I'd argue on the basis of that that John the Baptist wasn't accepted either. Okay, so even though this is God uh, and the Messiah, and John is a, is a prophet and a man sent from God, they're not accepted. Uh, their message isn't accepted. Okay, now we're going to look at verses 12 and 13, and then 15 through 18, we're going to see the life versus the message. Okay, because John the Baptist had a message, and we're really going to be looking more at the life here, because uh, this is who Jesus is. This is John's message, but it's who Jesus is. Okay. So nobody received him. He's talking large scale there, right? These the world didn't know him. The Jews didn't accept him or receive him. Okay? But in verse 12, as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the authority to become children of God, even those who believed in his name, who were born not of blood or of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Okay? So even though there's these zoomed out views that people didn't believe. Like you get the idea in verse 10 and 11 that like nobody ever believed in Jesus, right? When he came. But it says that there were people, there were individuals who did receive and who believed in him. Okay, we know that because in the end of the verse says to those who believed in his name and they got to become children of God. They got the authority to be children of God, which is really cool uh, because for all of us, if we believe in Jesus for eternal life, we, get, we have the authority or the right to be a child of God, uh, which is really cool. Um, and these people, it's, this goes along with chapter 3, which we'll see in probably like six months. Uh, but in chapter 3, John uh, records Nicodemus coming to Jesus in the night. You guys remember that story? And they talk about a birth, right? And Nicodemus <coughs> is like, how can an old person like, be born? Like That's ridiculous. Right? But these verses go right along with it. Look at verse 13. Okay, it says, These people who believed in Jesus were born not of blood, of flesh, or of the will of man. Those are the three things you need to be physically born. Okay? Through blood, um, and then through flesh and through the will of man. Right? You have to have those things to be born. So he's not born of those things, but he's born of God. So it's a spiritual birth, is what he's saying. It's a spiritual birth, um, it's not a physical birth. So these people are not children of God because of a way that they were physically born, but because they were born again. Because they were born again. Okay? Uh, which is really cool because it correlates right back with uh, John chapter 3. Okay, so uh, Jesus is the life. He gives the life. As children of God, we have eternal life. Uh, and then go on, look on at verse, uh, we'll start in 15. We'll read 15 through 18. We'll keep going through here. It says, John testified about him, Jesus, and cried out, saying, this is of he, he whom I said, He who comes after me comes before me, for he existed before me. For his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace was given through, or sorry, was realized through Jesus Christ. 
No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he's explained him. Okay, and so this again goes on. I think this is just uh, giving us, of course, 18 shows that he is God. Um, but this is giving us Jesus' uh, kind of, it's telling us a lot about him, I think. I guess is what I should say. Think about the words that he uses here in verse 16 and 17. I'm going to read it again. And there's one word that stands out. And after I'm done reading, somebody tell me what word it is. For of his fullness we have received all, or we have all received, so all of us have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth through Jesus Christ, or is realized through Jesus Christ. What word stuck out the most there? Grace. Grace. Right? Grace sticks out. And so if John is telling us who Jesus is, it's very important that he mentions grace, I think, because he does three times. And I think it's important to remember that this God, this life giver, this light, it's all grace. Right? So what is the definition of grace? It's getting something that we don't deserve, right? Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. So, for me, okay, if I, the other day I was playing disc golf. I didn't invite Brent because he was busy. I knew it, so I didn't invite him. So I was playing disc golf, and uh, I'm not very good at disc golf, okay? I'm not bad, but I'm not good, for sure. And I threw this disc, and I like, it went up, it was really windy, so the wind caught it and it kind of went up. There's this little tiny twig, just this little blowing in the wind, and it hit that. And usually when it hits something, it kind of like falls down, but it hit it and went straight up. And you know how those frisbees, they kind of like fade down? Well, since it went up so high, it just faded down into the woods. And I was like, oh, man, there's a creek down there. There's that couch park. And I was like, oh, man, that's bad news right there. So I go hunting in the woods for this disc. I'm looking around for it in the weeds. I'm trying to find it in the, in the little creek down there, see if I can see any muddy puddles. Maybe it's down the creek, and I can still see where it landed. And I can't find this thing. And finally, I was like, God, help me find this disc. I don't want to lose this thing. I, I know it's only like $10 disc. Or probably less than that. It's probably like a five dollar disc. But help me find this disc. And I walked around, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna retrace my steps. I'm gonna go right where I saw it go in the woods. And I walk up, and it's like right there, like almost on the path. And I didn't see it this whole time. It's right here on the path. And God answered my prayer. But you know what? That's grace. Like I didn't deserve. I didn't deserve to find that. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't deserve it. And there's a lot of things that are even more than that that we don't deserve. Like, do we deserve God to come down? and to pay for our sins by dying on the cross? Do we deserve that? Did we earn that? No. Do we earn the right to be in fellowship with Him, with God, and abide with Him in every day, and Him to give us joy and peace and stuff like that? Do we earn that? Do we, is that something that like, we deserve? No. Do we even deserve, really, to breathe and to live after we sin? No. Every, all of it's grace. God is a God of grace. Jesus is a God, is the God of grace. Okay, and we're going to see that throughout this book. Okay, and so he makes a distinction between Moses, who the law was given through, and Jesus, who grace was given through. Okay, Jesus embodies grace. Without him, there is no grace, right? Because of him, we are all allowed to live. Okay, Genesis 3.15, sin happened, Genesis 3.15 happens, and there's grace. But it all comes through Jesus Christ. Because the seed is Jesus Christ in Genesis 3.15, right? So it's all through Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus is grace. Okay, and I think that's something really important that we need to remember. Okay, because he's the 
He's just the God of grace. He's the God of giving us stuff that we don't deserve all the time. Okay? And it's really, really important. And we're going to see it, like going through this, we're going to see it again and again and again. Jesus giving grace to people. And like in verse, was it 3.18? Oh, we're going we're to study this later. But He didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. That's grace. Because He should come to condemn the world. Because the world is a sinful place, right? And we are all sinners. So why should God come down to earth? What's the reason God should come down to earth? To judge us and to condemn us because we deserve that, right? But He doesn't. He came to save. And that's grace. It's all grace. And it's so cool um, that we see that. So that's the message that JTB was giving. And that's who Jesus is. Okay, so there's the difference there. Okay, so... What's the impact? We have several here. I put on here, rejoice and be grateful. Because Jesus is a God of grace. And because Jesus is God. And because Jesus made a way. Like there's so many things to be thankful and grateful for. Um, You know, a lot of religions say that Jesus is a prophet. Like I said earlier on. They just say, well, Jesus is just a prophet or a good man. And if Jesus was just a prophet or a good man, then we're in trouble. Right? We're in trouble. We don't really have something to rejoice and be grateful about. But because He's God, and He's a God of grace, we can rejoice and be grateful. And so I think that's what we should do. Okay? He's not just a man. He's not just a prophet. For unbelievers, obviously, the uh, impact would be to believe in Jesus for eternal life, right? But for us as believers, I think we need to rejoice and be thankful. And um, remember these things about Jesus, because as we start the narrative in verse 19, we're going to see John the Baptist come onto the scene and then we're going to see how he interacts, how he proclaims Christ. And then we're going to see several days of the first days of Jesus' ministry. And as we look at these things, remember all these things about Jesus. Because there's a reason that John wrote all these things about Jesus before he started telling you the story of Jesus. Okay, so remember these things and think about them as we start going through, okay? Thanks for joining us for True to the Bible podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this lesson. If you have any questions about this lesson or any of the other True to the Bible podcasts, don't hesitate to contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope that you join us for our next lesson.